This is going to be a talk about uh, effective spending, uh, and we are joined by Anna Schulze. She is the co-CEO of Effective Spending and has masters in nonprofit management from Columbia. She has previously worked as a strategy consultant at the Boston Consulting Group. And then we also have Sebastian Schwickert. He is the founder and CEO of Effective Spending and has a master's in economics from Tübingen. He has been involved in a long list of projects, including as a technical project lead at betterplace.org. During this session, we will first have a talk from each of them, uh, and then afterwards there will be a Q&A. And to submit questions for the Q&A, you'll have to go into Swapcard, and then you'll have to go into this event, which is uh, on effective spending, and then you press the live discussion button, or just like a chat button, and then you go into the questions tab and submit questions. And then you can also upload questions from others if you really want those answered. Um, and that's it. Let's give them a warm round of applause. Right, thanks a lot. Hello, everyone. And uh, while I'm a little bit disappointed that they didn't give us a bigger room, uh, I want to start with a quote from um, Charlie Munger, who's actually the longtime partner of Warren Buffett and one of the most successful investors of all time. And he, in his 90s now, was recently asked, what's the secret um, for a happy life? And he, asked, uh, and he answered, low expectations. Low expectations. And with that, I want to do some expectation management. So um, what we're talking about here is um, our uh, perspective on effective giving, um, what we learned um, while uh, starting and operating an EA-aligned organization in Germany, and maybe also talk a little bit about our uh, yeah, career path. Um, yeah, as Anna put it originally here on the um, slide, uh, yeah, some old uh, EAs talking about um, what they um, what lead them to where they are. I would rather say experienced, but yeah, it's up to you. Um, but we are not here to talk about like in-depth research, uh, not the newest insights, so no frontline report from the uh, Wombors, or um, no like ADK style uh, career advice. So last chance to sneak out, or maybe there are also some front row seats left. Uh, you can still come even closer. Um, so, our take on effective giving. Um, why do we think it's uh, important? Um, yeah, I had that already. So, a uh, couple of reasons. Um, I guess the most important reason for us, um, the world is still um, fucked up. So, pardon my French, but I think there's a lot, lot to do. And we think that money at least can help a lot with a lot of um, the most, uh, world's most pressing problems. Another reason is um, we think EA is currently too um, heavily dependent on a very small number of donors. Um, another reason is, um, while I'm happy like that we are here with 800 people and we, EA has been like on the uh, cover of Time magazine recently, I think we are still very, very tiny and we think effective giving can um, play an important role in growing EA because it's often also where it all starts. So I, I sometimes um, consider effective giving, especially um, to a more like common sense near-termist causes, to be some kind of gateway drug to like the whole EA rabbit hole and what comes after it. So 
uh, to give you uh, some numbers about the state of the world, um, most of you might uh, be familiar with it. So there's yeah a lot of horrendous things still going on. One is that uh, yeah even uh, in this time uh, every year a couple of million children die um, and mostly for for unnecessary reasons. I mean I have just two children, but just imagining like 5.2 million children die every year. It's um, yeah not not a world. Uh, Uh, I really want to live in. On the other hand, it gets better, as I mean here quoting um, uh, Max Rosa or Our World and Data, um, if like the child mortality rate would still be what it was like 200 years ago, like 60 million uh, children would die every year. So we made a lot of improvement, but still a long way to go. Like you can see um, on the bottom, if the child mortality rate uh, in the whole world would be like it is in um, the European Union, um, around a tenth of the um, children would be dying, like 540,000, which is still, I mean, not where we want to be, um, but at least um, 10, 10x increase uh, to the current state. Um, so, yeah, there's also like still 600 million people living in extreme poverty. And I often, I mean, I probably did it myself, say like uh, the number of people living in extreme poverty has gone down in the last couple of years. We have made a great progress and, and are on the right path. And we kind of are. We made a lot of progress. I mean, humanity in a whole, so much less people in absolute and in relative numbers, especially live in extreme poverty than like even a couple of decades ago. But um, the decrease is slowing down a lot. And actually in the last one or two years, um, the numbers has started to go up again, basically because of COVID, uh, droughts, um, food shortages uh, mainly. And also the most of the decrease mainly um, came because of Asia. So there are far less um, people in extreme poverty like than 20, 30 years ago, especially in China. Um, so now most people in extreme poverty living in Africa and the other number are almost stagnating since even before uh, the pandemic. So it's not like it's a given thing that this will be solved in a couple of years and we don't have to work on it. Same with global meat consumption. I mean, it feels like on this conference, like everyone is a vegan or at least vegetarian anyway, but that's not, not what's going on in the real world. Um, yeah, we're reaching like all times high worldwide. Climate change. I mean, it's just the summer. I mean, you can like call me a sentimental boomer, but like the river Rhine, like Germany, proud river was just much nicer with water flowing in it. Just in general, like nature in green looks better than in brown or black after it's burned down. And that's just, I mean, kind of first world problems, but in other um, like parts of the world, due to extreme flooding or droughts, um, yeah, food food crises um, can happen more often. Um, and yeah, the pandemic response, and sometimes in some ways it was great. Um, I mean, like vaccine development probably exceeded expectation of most people. But if you look like how government uh, all around the world handled the situation. I think I still, I'm not like 100% sold that we are totally safe for like an even worse uh, pandemic in the future. Um, yeah, so that's the first point. So there are a lot of uh, things to do. Second point, I mentioned EA in general is currently very heavy um, dependent on, yeah, basically two um, uh, major donors. Um, the one is uh, Dustin Moskowitz or, um, uh, with the Open Philanthropy Project who is uh, providing a lot of the uh, funding for EA-aligned organization. Now we have a, a second person, Sam Bankman-Fried, who started to invest a lot of money. Um, 
But um, yeah, while that's uh, great, obviously, um, that's also comes with some risk. So it's the assets are highly concentrated. I mean, in the case of open philanthropy, most of it is in like Facebook and Asana stocks. And with Sam, it's in, in FTX and in crypto assets. And I mean, yeah, and they are also pretty strongly correlated or less, uh, at least in the last year when, when the um, stocks fall, like the, the crypto assets also um, fell. Um, and yeah, so we are kind of dependent or the air movement is kind of dependent on, on their wells and the decline, like all of the assets fell like um, f um, by more than 50% in the last year. And that actually made a real difference because I remember at the beginning of this year, there was all this talk about like funding overhang or EA doesn't even know what to do with its money. Giffel um, made a blog post saying like, we expect to end 2022 with $300 million in the bank because we just don't know where to give it and we want to save it till we find better giving opportunities. You know, so that was a talk and that has changed after the decline of these assets. So now Giffel is saying they probably will uh, fall short of what they could uh, would love to fund. So they actually um, need money. And in general, like being dependent on very few founders always comes with risk because obviously money talks and they have a really huge impact on where the money goes and which cause areas and so on. And so far, I'm really, really happy um, about how it's going, but still things could change. And I think you don't want to be so as a whole movement, so dependent on just a very few people. And obviously there are others, also other major donors, but again, some of the risk I was talking about are... Um, are here as well, like especially from the founders patch crew, they're also very heavily invested in tech and sometimes crypto. And also, um, yeah, we kind of rely on, on those assets to go, continue to go strong. Um, third point is, um, we are still tiny. So again, conference is big. Um, and a lot is going on. EA is all over the place, uh, cover of Time magazine. Also, effective spenden grew quite a lot and, and much more than we even hoped for in the last years. But if you like, like at the whole world, or even in our case, at the whole donation landscape, we are just very tiny. Like OpenPhil is giving hundreds of millions away. Um, Sam Beckman-Fried is adding uh, to it. But even if you just look at the donation market from private citizens all around the world, it's hundreds of billion. So we are somewhere around 0.1, maybe 0. approaching 0.2% just of the donation market, which like still is a big part of, of EA. Um, so... Yeah, there's a lot of room to grow even even in this um, in this field. And the um, fourth point is when I mentioned like um, seeing effective giving and especially with a focus of rather near-termist courses or common sense courses you could like easily um, pitch to your mother. Um, I think um, yeah, effective giving can yeah can be kind of a um, gateway drug to more things. And the reason I, I use this picture here with uh, Ellie Hassenfeld and Holden Kanowski from like a while back, they were still young, still both running um, Giffwell. Uh, I found it interesting how they started and what kind of um, evolution they made. Uh, because in the very beginning, they had right from the start, were looking at charities, um, working in global health and development, but they also had charities working on, a, on education um, related stuff in the US. And even just after a while, they once uh, posted a blog post called, I think, Apples and Oranges, I guess. Um, as I said, like they wanted to focus more on the global health part because they think they can just do much more good um, focusing on, on poor countries. But um, a couple of years later still, um, I remember Holden Kanowski writing um, a post um, where he was kind of skeptical of risk from artificial intelligence. And um, 
it took him like a couple of years, I think, to really be completely on board. And now, I mean, he's running the long-termist part of OpenPhil and obviously is like one of, yeah, at the forefront of, of the whole movement and, and um, providing a lot of funding for a lot of organizations in this case. But if even a whole, it takes a couple of years for Holden Karnowski to come on board, like how can we expect the a broader audience um, to like yeah, see one Kurzgesagt video and then say, yeah, but obviously long-termism it is and so on. So I think that could be, if we want to reach like a big audience and grow even even more, a good way um, like to still have effective giving as a big part of EA, um, even at, from an instrumental uh, value point of um, uh, uh, point of view to, um, yeah, get people started. And I mean, if they end up and only donating to AMF, I'm, I'm fine with that. But I'm sure there will, as it has happened in the past, a lot of people go down the whole rabbit hole. And, um, yeah, some of them will hopefully work later on on even more neglected courses in, um, that area. Um, okay. So that was a little bit about, yeah, the, yeah, meta background of, of effective giving and, and our take on it. So I want to, um, yeah, dive a little bit deeper into, um, effective spenden and just a short reminder about our product i mean yeah, most of you know it but um why we think it's it's awesome um like the differences in the effectiveness of uh, charities are just very very huge like this is the kind of famous example when it comes to deworming i know like a lot of discussion about that uh, recently but still there's a huge potential there that it's much much more effective um yeah to to provide deworming pills um to help um, uh, with educational outcomes uh, compared to, to other incentives. And that is just inside the field of global health and development. If you compare it to like uh, charities in rich, working in rich countries, the difference is even bigger. And if the, you then look at uh, some of the long-termist intervention, um, the potential might be another order of magnitude bitter, uh, bigger. So there's really a huge difference and thinking carefully where you give money can make a huge difference and making it easier for people to act on those ideas um i think also can make a make a huge difference nevertheless it's not like um th there's a challenge um especially when you talk to people outside of the AI community and that's what we what we usually do um so some of the things we we run into or we have to like um work on um educating people basically is once again like the idea that organizations differ by so much so there was a study done by uh, Stefan Schubert and others a couple of years back um, where they asked like normal people um, who, are, who are not involved in like um, uh, effective altruism, what do they think, like how much more effective is the best charity to the average charity? And I think the answer was at the median um, like 1.5 as effective or something like that. So much, much smaller than the numbers I just present, presented, which run between uh, 10 times as effective to like maybe a thousand times as effective. Uh, so people are just not aware of it. And if, if they think like all charities are basically the same, why should they even like do a lot of research um, if it doesn't, doesn't matter that much? Um, so that's what, that's part of our job. Um, and just the idea that like that it's even possible to compare charities. Um, it's kind of new and it's not an exact science and there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of discussion going inside um, the A community. But sometimes the differences are just so big that even if you make some um, uh, some errors in your calculations and in your assumptions, um, it is very, very likely um, that those organizations are indeed uh, more effectively and that the chance that you do any good at all, that's also what people are concerned about, um, is uh, kind of higher. 
And yeah, then the um, famous overhead ratio, that's still something, I mean, I forgot like after uh, thinking about it for, for years that that's still in the head of most people because most people have never heard of EA or of effective giving uh, still, even if it doesn't feel like it to us. Um, and also that um, it's a good idea to um, uh, look globally if you want to um, donate your money. So not, I mean, charity begins at home is, is a saying, but it is possible to use your money to um, yeah, help organizations overseas and in different countries, also in other developed countries. You know, if you want to find the very best in the world, why just um, focus on uh, on organizations at home? And yeah, we one of the things we help is to um, provide the tax deductibility for that because that's also one, one thing people uh, do care about. And... Let me see if this works. So one person we recently interviewed who is on board with that and is pretty good at communicating um, uh, the ideas of effective giving is Rutger Bregman, a historian uh, from the Netherlands, um, yeah, who's also an author for Utopia for Realists and Humankind. And he is actually in our like post-donation survey the person most mentioned um, when it comes to um, like the question where people uh, were inspired to to give uh, through us or to the organization we recommend. Um, more often than uh, Will McEskill and Peter Singer. That was just a reminder that they might be the most famous EAs in our circles or one of the most respected. But if you really want to reach people from outside the bubble, there are some other people who might be um, might be able to do an even better job or, or already have a bigger audience. So let's see if this short video works, and then I will turn on to I'll give it to Anna. It worked ten minutes ago. Okay, check our YouTube channel for that. But um, maybe Anna can uh, yeah start with a quote uh, from him, and then take it from here. Yeah, too bad that it's not working. But basically what he said is that um, how to make the world a better place. A lot of people in rich countries don't realize that the most important thing they could do is to donate to highly effective causes. Sure, it's easy to be cynical um, about philanthropy, especially when it's practiced by billionaires who don't pay their taxes. You might remember maybe his uh, World Economic Forum <laughs> contribution. Um, and yes, there are quite a few examples of ineffective charities, but that only means that you got to do your research. And it's possible to do the research. So where you can find the most effective charities in the world, in Germany, go to effectivespenden.org. Um, yeah, and thanks, Basti, for handing over so that you don't have to talk about your own success. Um, and I will talk a little bit about the... Um, yeah the start of effective spending. And I'm really glad that Basti, I mean, we've been working together for quite a while, so um, I guess I've known you for eight years, and what I really like about you, and it probably must feel bad that you're sitting there on this chair, is that when Basti has an idea, he really runs for it, and I really like this entrepreneurial idea, and um, I think your ideas always try and fail fast, and I think, um, with effective spenden, you don't fail fast, but we actually quite successful. And I want to talk a little bit about the levers for success. So until 2019, it was almost impossible in Germany to uh, donate to highly effective charities and benefit from the full tax deductibility benefit. And then that's when Basti came in and he founded um, effectivespenden.org, 
What is EffectiveSpenden.org? I mean, I guess most of you know it. It's basically a very simple product. Um, it's a donation platform. You go on our website, you select your cause area, you put in the money amount, and then we regrant it to the effective charity organizations who normally don't have a charitable status in Germany, but that's quite important for the German financial authorities. Um, it's not only us, so there's a bunch of effective giving organizations, and we actually have an effective giving summit tomorrow, so a few of these organizations are here. And I think they are at different points in their kind of product life cycle. Um, there are some more mature ones, one for the world, giving what we can. Um, and we have some uh, also smaller ones. I talk to a lot of effective giving organizations or people who want to start something in their country. So I've talked to people from Belgium, Austria, um, Italy, the Czech Republic, Poland, um, And it's quite, into, it's quite exciting to see that. And we want to kind of brainstorm a little bit how to make, um, to leverage what we've learned and how to really um, bring that product to as many countries as possible. Um, and now I want to kind of change perspective a little bit and look a little bit behind the scenes what has worked for us and what we are focusing on um, in the next couple of months and years. So to start with, and Basti mentioned it, if you look at, uh, how does this work? Uh, uh, it doesn't work. But this is quite a unicorn graph, right? So all the startups in Berlin, they want to show something like this. So Effective Spenden has been super successful. We started in 2019 with a donation volume of around, I think, 350,000 euros. 2020, um, 3.5 million euros. And then last year was actually quite a success. So we ha almost hit, like it's around 80 to 19 million uh, euros in Germany and Switzerland. And that was definitely much more successful than we would have expected. And I will come to the reasons in a second. <laughs> Basti and Thomas did it on a shoestring. So we were one and a half FTE. Uh, last year and uh, we decided that's probably not the most sustainable way to run an organization because um, there are lots of things you need to do really carefully like the regranting and the financial audit and I that's really Thomas our master about that um, and we also need to have our tech platform in order and then we definitely as Basti said we are still covering such a small part of the market we want to grow bigger we want to go out and we need to do outreach we need to be in the press and I want everyone to know about effective giving that's why we invested and we hired more people so there's another Sebastian here who's our developer I joined effective spend I had been a kind of shareholder since the beginning and then over a famous dinner in Kreuzberg Basti convinced me to join And, um, yeah, so I think one thing is that we are a great team. Um, I just have to mention, as of next month, we are more Sebastians than women, so I personally want to be responsible for improving our gender ratio. Um, and uh, it's also going well financially, so our reoccurring donations grow. Um, obviously, I think um, we all need to see what's happening this year with the macroeconomic environment, probably not be more favorable for effective giving, but we want to make sure that we still continue to grow despite everything that's happening in the world. Um, one thing that worked really well for us in the last year, it was just press and media outreach. 
Um, although I have to say, from what I understood, Basti, it's not that you did a massive press campaign, but people approached you. As you know, if I have to give in, it's a seasonal business, so everybody donates in December, and so a lot of news outlets, radio stations, TV stations want to talk about giving, and maybe it's more exciting to talk about a new idea and these crazy EA ideas and impactful charities. So we really landed some interesting um, articles. As you can see on the top, that's um, with one of the most popular news outlets in Germany. It's Spiegel Online. And I think it was on a Friday in December, right into giving season at, I think, 9 p.m. We were on the landing page. So you don't see the full article. But if you open Spiegel Online on that Friday, there was an article about us. And you could also see Basti's face. So I think that actually generated a lot of backlinks. And indeed, press outreach is is very interesting for us. So we are trying to um, keep up that success rate this year. What else did work? Yeah, there was this unexpected customer segment that popped up. Not yet the <laughs> Sam Bankman-Frieds, but we still had high net wealth individuals reaching out. As Basti always says, they have an iPhone and they Google. And they called us and we were able to, to help them. Um, we are collaborating quite closely with Legacies now, a high net, or like a philanthropic advisory boutique in Munich. Um, and we were able to really cater to their need and convince them to donate to highly effective charities. Um, we were also super speedy in setting up an organization in Switzerland so that we had some high net wealth individuals in Switzerland who could donate through us. Um, and I think that's definitely an interesting customer segment that we want to keep, obviously, um, in our kind of portfolio. And we are thinking about ways to cater for their needs. And then uh, something happened on the side. I remember Basti in one of our shareholder calls talking about, oh, home office, COVID, I really don't want to work from home. I have family, you know, I really need this office space. And there's this space in Wedding and uh, maybe we should start uh, renting it also because the Stiftung für Effektiven Altruismen left Germany. Um, they went to London and we didn't really have a space for EA-aligned people to work from. And so we opened the office space a few years ago and um, I just joined Effective Spenden two, three months ago and um, I go there probably 50% of my time. Um, and it's really a wonderful place because it really turned into this um, hub for EA-aligned people. We have both regular, like people, who, like regular, so to say, who work there every day or several days a week. We also have people who work for remote, fully remote organizations, and they just want to really find a community. And we have guests from all over the world. So I think we had someone from uh, Open Philanthropy visiting for two weeks. We have people from Gift Directly, All Fed, uh, we have the one for the world team, um, legal priorities project. So I think it really has become a hub for EA-aligned people who want to work. And we have a famous one o'clock lunch. Um, and that's always amazing for networking effects. What's also amazing for networking effects is that sometimes we can turn this place into a flamingo paradise. So we, I'm not so sure, but we had a warm-up on a Thursday night, um, and I pretty much enjoyed it. And I don't know, hopefully some of you did so too. Um, but I think it's just amazing to have this place in Berlin where like-minded people can come and work and chat over lunch. Yeah, so what's next? As you could see, um, 
there's still a lot to do, so we are working currently on relaunching our website. Um, Sebastian is very busy with that, and we want to launch it uh, for the next giving season. We want to also add more cause areas. So far, we are focusing on global health and well-being, re relying on the Give Well uh, recommendations, animal welfare, and climate. And uh, it, it's kind of a nice coincidence that the Giving What We Can friends just launched their long-termism fund together with Longview, so we definitely want to mirror that. We are currently working on the German version of Peter Singer's book, The Life You Can Save, so definitely we want to use that for our outreach and marketing campaign in November, December. We are preparing also an audiobook for that. Um, and then we have some internal things that are probably not super exciting, but if you're an entrepreneur, you also need to make sure that this is happening. Uh, so robot processes in the back, donor management platform, financial audits, and so on and so forth. We want to also kind of dive in a little bit more into more research. That's why we're hiring another Sebastian, of course, um, to strengthen our charity recommendations across existing and potentially new cause areas to make sure that our recommendations are robust. And we need to do fundraising for ourselves. Uh, our business model, um, we are not taking a fee. We um, implemented a tipping function early this year, and we were pretty successful in talking people donating to us because we are such an amazing meta opportunity. Um, Founders Pledge also agrees with that, so we are now a meta funding opportunity, given our multiplier effect, as you could see earlier, but we are also um, working on um, yeah, making sure that we will um, have a solid financial base. And that's it from Effective Spenden, super quickly because we are running out of time. Um, I think we wanted to give you some insights into how to run an organization in the effective giving space in continental Europe. Quickly, maybe a few words about our own careers. Um, maybe I just quickly start, Basti. Um, so, um, I started my career before EA existed. I could probably tell a lot about how I took the choices to build my career capital, which I actually did. So, I worked in consulting, uh, wanted to work in international development, and then joined a foundation where that was pretty EA-aligned. Um, did some consulting in between and then finally joined Effective Spenden and for me really it's a perfect combination about um, doing good better and applying my um, skills hopefully <laughs> that I brought particularly from, from consulting and um, I think that's just a different path than maybe some others have taken but bringing in the consult or combining the consulting skills with some um, EA principles, I think for me it's just like a, a great match. Thanks. Yeah, so I, my career also started before EA was a thing. So yeah, I studied economics and then my first job was at a KFW Development Bank, so working in global health and development uh, for the German government basically. Um, but soon the uh, entrepreneurial bug hit me and I started my first nonprofit called uh, Helpedia. Um, and I think like two weeks after I launched with that, I uh, first learned about Giffel and that like messed up all my uh, focus. Um, so yeah, in the end it didn't work out as I hoped, but uh, I still uh, learned a lot and I yeah, tell myself that was like my master in social entrepreneurship and it still was worth it. Um, at least it led to other opportunities. So I worked quite a while at betterplace.org, which is non-EA, but like Germany so far, biggest uh, donation platform. Um, so I learned a little bit about the um, 
Donation um, Business. Later I worked for the uh, Bankiza Stiftung Zukunft, uh, same as Anne. That was also, and at the time I was quite involved in EA already, and that also gave me the opportunity to, to work in the same office with the EA Foundation, was, which at the time was still based in um, Berlin and learned pretty early about their new priorities and then yeah, basically started effective uh, spenden to make sure that at least this part of, of what they were doing is, is continued. Um, yeah, and um, that's where I still am, obviously. So when you just take one kind of advice, especially for the German EA community, I think, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of uh, opportunities and you have to find your personal fit or where yeah, you can really contribute. And I mean, you can try to be the smartest person in the room and good luck with that uh, here. Um, but um, what could also be very valuable, I think, is... Um, if you yeah, have some entrepreneurial spirit and start things, and I think especially in continental Europe, I think we kind of lack that skill, and I think that's also uh, very valuable, and don't get discouraged too fast. I mean, just don't start anything without thinking about it, obviously, and talk to people or so on, but um, yeah, there will never ever be 100% of, of the people be on board and so on, and sometimes you just have to, um, have to try, and even if you fail, as I did with my first... Um, uh, with my first non-profit startup um, doesn't mean like your career or your life is over. You hopefully have learned a lot, made some new connections and will be doing uh, even better uh, next time. Yes, and uh, as we said, we don't, we cannot probably give proper career advice. There are others who can do that better, but what I've observed is just um, be ambitious, but that goes without saying with everyone who's here at the conference, but also think about your individual personal fit because I'm I totally convinced that if you find something that fits your um, capabilities and capacities, then you are also much more impactful. Um, and maybe your personal fit is an operations career. So I'm not so sure how many are here in the room, but if you know anyone uh, or you are interested, we are currently hiring um, at least someone that's not called Sebastian, but let's not be discriminated against that name. But we are hiring an operations and um, uh, office management associate because, as you know, we are running that space. We want to make that an amazing experience for everyone who's working there. Um, there are some great ideas, but often we are lacking the resources and we are convinced of the productivity gains and networking effects. Um, and there are just quite some operations because all these 20 millions need to be handled carefully. So if you know anyone, um, look at the job board, talk to us. We also have office hours after this conversation, I think, in Newton. Um, and join us there if you have any other questions as well. So thank you very much. All right, uh, we've now got some questions. And again, you can submit questions through Swapcard. Uh, and then I'll try my best to get through as many of them as possible. Let's see. So uh, first of all, we've got some questions about uh, philanthropic advising. And maybe more generally, what segment are you targeting your growth in? Is it getting as much money as possible from big donors or uh, more in the giving what we can style of uh, as many as possible should donate around, say, 10%. 
Okay. Um, I mean, the overall goal is to, to raise much, as much money as possible for effective courses, and we don't really care like who, who gives it, uh, who, who's giving it. Um, I mean, in a kind of way, it's, it's easier or takes less time talking to very wealthy people and convince them or help them with donating uh, a lot of money. Um, but the thing is, like, we haven't really found the, the exclusive funnel. I mean, it's kind of networking and hopefully it, it builds. I mean, like, who knows wealthy people, other wealthy people and if, People we've helped in the past, um, yeah, spread the word in the network that might um, help us in the future. But besides, as Anna mentioned, like um, some of the biggest donors we got, they they came to our website through Google, basically, like filled out the contact form and talked to us. And we have people done that donating hundreds of euros, and we had people doing that uh, millions of euros. And the thing that attracted them are pretty much the same. So we kind of doubling down on that and without like a real or a special focus on, on major donors. I mean, we will make it on our website even more obvious that we can help you if, if you have like a, uh, like a more complicated case or like a bigger uh, case and so on and, and need a little bit more of, uh, advice. Um, but besides, um, yeah, to be honest, also I haven't really found like what should we do to especially target uh, very wealthy people. I mean, I don't want to join a golf club or you know, advertise in the Yacht magazine or so, but I don't know, maybe it's a good idea. Um But yeah, so we double down on what works, but that's not very, most of it is not very specific for um, extremely wealthy uh, people. Okay. Uh, and we've also got some questions about um, what, what are the bottlenecks for uh, having similar organizations like Effective Spending in every country and maybe in particular not in Europe, say in Asia and Latin America and maybe in Africa? Yeah, so I wish I had these top three reasons. Um, and I think that's why we're having our little uh, retreat or summit with all the other effective giving um, organizations. Um, I think one is resources just to do it and to start it. And I think a lot of people then think about is effective giving really what I want to spend my time on or could it be more impactful if I don't know, start a more, you know, direct research career. Uh, so for one, I think it's, it's resources. And while the core process, you know, it's basically money in and money out, uh, is the same in every country. What you need to understand in every country is kind of the tax law. And that's unfortunately very specific to each country. So while I do think that there are some economies of scale, um, across countries and it doesn't really matter which country it is, whether it's on the European continent or the African continent or in, in Asia, I, do think that we need yeah i think if i could dream of something it's probably the super lawyer who knows tax laws in every country um and then tells us how to do it but uh, what i've seen and the conversations i've had is there is a lot of energy from kind of volunteers from the local ea communities but most like most often they are not lawyers right they're more kind of software developers or interested in effective giving they want to give and you know receive the tax benefit And I think we haven't cracked the nut yet, but my hopes are high that within the next 48 hours, we have some ideas um, on how to go about it. Okay. Um, we've also got some questions about um, to what extent are the people who donate through platforms like yours willing to share with the fact? share with the world the fact that they're donating do they find it a bit awkward uh, maybe and like is, is, is that an easy way to get some natural growth I think but Basti you have worked more in that I mean I think the cultural context there is very important and I think particularly we are working in Germany and Switzerland people don't like to talk about money 
Um, I think it's, I don't know what the giving, what we can experience is, um, but um, I don't think that in Germany this is, you know, getting testimonials or, I don't know, people inviting friends over and talking about it. I think it's still something that is probably not what's most most useful to do in Germany, I would say. Yeah, so there's a very big difference um, comparing Germany and probably most of continental Europe, at least, um, uh, to the US, where people are much more outspoken and actually donate uh, much more. But there are people, I mean, we a little bit, but other people are trying to change that. So I remember like last December, a lot of people from the Effective Altruism um, Consulting community posted on LinkedIn about where they give, why they give, how much they give and so on and, and intentionally being uh, public about it. And yeah, unfortunately, this uh, Rutger Brickman video uh, didn't work, but he also says like he wants to, uh, he is intentionally public about it. He joined giving what we can. He's speaking a lot about it, how much um, he gives and um, to whom. So I think, um, yeah, there's value in like working on changing the culture about it and, and be more public um, but it's probably a long way uh, to go in Europe Okay um, You mentioned that giving what we can are setting up a, a long term fund um, what are your takes on presenting just the funds, presenting all the different charities, can maybe people get a bit overwhelmed if there are too many options on your website, what, what's your approach? Yeah, so that's indeed one thing we are concerned about or from the start. We wanted to uh, keep it focused, especially people who don't like want to start a research career in effective giving and just want to donate 100 euros to something that's hopefully better than what they did before. Um, and they are now don't create a paradox of choice. I mean, for example, we, when, um, so recently, like, Giffel was, uh, fourth Giffel Tops charity were like working in dewarming and we only presented one because like even, you know, we have to sell people like the whole dewarming effective, um, global health and development interventions and if you end with and now you have like these three organizations basically doing the same but uh, you have like these four phd thesis kind of research reports on them and read them and then you can decide which one is the best fit i think that would just uh, overwhelm uh, people um and also that was the reason we, at the beginning we wanted to keep it simple and we just started with the uh, gifford charities and then added animal welfare charities and added uh, climate change which are kind of still at least problems everyone can kind of agree on or, or see so most people um, and we were till recently um, a little bit reluctant um, to um, add like long-termist charities I mean, for several reasons one is also that um, the funding needs weren't that clear cut in, in that space uh, sometimes um, but also, like, we have to work on, like, how to, to sell it to a broader audience. Um, and yeah, I think, unfortunately, like, the development of the last two years um, have made it easier. Like, pandemic preparedness is an easier sell, so to speak, um, than it was two years ago. Like, um, nuclear threat, that is one of the cost areas that is explicitly mentioned in the long view, uh, giving what we can fund, is much more in the minds of people than it was just six months ago, I think. Um, I think AI will still be a challenge to to communicate, but even that is, is um, it's getting more uh, mainstream. And um, so we hopefully will um, um, uh, be able yeah, to raise some money outside of the AI community for these uh, funds, but probably at least for this year, a focus on yeah this fund and then just see how it goes from there and maybe later at but very few um, uh, individual um, organizations. Um, and we, sorry if it's long, but we also like have kind of, um, promoting our charities on two different websites. The main is effective spenden, and that's also one that's, um, there for like a broader audience. 
but also an effective altruismus day, like the German Effective Altruism website. Uh, we also have a donation form, and there we have some more organizations, so the for people like who who know what they are doing and so on, and don't need like a like a write up and a lot of explanations. We just want to get the tax deductibility, and there we might add um, uh, more organizations. All right, this uh, might be the final question, but um, we have got a question about um, the media opportunities you got. It seemed sounded like those just came to you. But is there anything you can do to uh, get more of them? How useful do you find them? And what what are journalists most excited to write about? No, you have been working. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, we find them extremely um useful. Um, and but indeed, um, when I like actively reached out to to journalists, that hasn't hasn't been our greatest successes, at least. Um, so um, what worked? I think it's the same thing that worked for like um, attracting donors in general, like um, creating good content and um, being easily found uh, in the internet um, because yeah, not only rich and poor people, but also journalists at Google. And as Anna mentioned, like especially during the giving season during December, a lot of outlets kind of have to write about giving in some way. And if you have like a little bit different take or some 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 new ideas or so, they kind of gladly take it. And then, I mean, yeah, it's also Personally, you have to, um, yeah, well, answer the phone or um, just uh, reply, uh, reply quickly, which, I mean, sounds like a stu stupid advice, but I've talked to some guys who are like, let's think about it for two weeks if we should even talk to the journalist. And yeah, well, then just don't. Uh, or I mean, then decide you don't take journalists anyway or so. Um, so I, well, I think that they also have to make a difference, like talking about effective giving, especially like when it comes to Gifford Charity, is much easier and less controversial than like, talking about s risk or other topics where we wouldn't be like as comfortable probably talking to to just anyone who calls um and i mean some minor things also at the beginning i did some youtube videos which hardly anyone besides my mom watched but um at least um one of the uh, tv uh, journalists um watched them and as stupid as it's but he saw like oh well this person can like speak three sentences without like embarrassing himself so we probably won't waste our time coming to the office and talking to them and so on um and like like minor things um uh, like that um yeah and as i mentioned like like uh, creating good content so like one of the journalists she was actually saying she was researching like giving opportunities like um child sponsorship things we wrote an article about it and like kind of criticized it and that she found it interesting it and besides like donating differently she also decided to write an article about us so i mean yeah a little bit of luck probably sometimes as well all right that's the question that's the answer we like just be lucky um Oh, well, um, there were more questions here, but we didn't get to go through all of them. I'll just give you all another reminder that they both have a office hour in Newton Hall in about uh, 10 minutes. So you can um, ask those questions there instead. Uh, give a warm round of applause to Anna Schulze and Sebastian Schweiker. Thanks. <laughs>